0: Okay, so hello everyone and welcome to skits up podcast yet another month of heli goodness so here today we actually have a full crew which uh we don't see as often lately so that's pretty awesome and to top that off we uh, we have an amazing amazing guest today and you will never guess who that is. So let's get started with our introductions, shall we? So, uh, Mr. Darren from uh, Canada, how are you? How's it going, eh? Nice. Uh, Mr. Frank Moradios, um, which uh, your name keeps coming up more and more. Uh, you're a very busy guy and uh, going all over. How are you today? I'm
1: doing good, man. You know, you changed the way you usually introduce me. It usually says, Frank, say hi. And I say, Frank, say hi. So I just want to. <laughs> to take to acknowledge that this time, you know, I know he screwed me up too when he said, to ask I, know, home, yeah, you know? "I know, I know." Just, I have I to, can't, I have go to keep answer. you on your
0: toes, man. I have to keep you. On, have you heard about that thing? You know, you, you have to change your watch to the other wrist, and you know, you have to make your other side of the brain think. Not,
1: not, not another watch conversation. All right, we, we. Get, I see a lot of, I see enough of those. All right. <laughs>
0: All right. And uh, today, uh, here we have a very special guest that we've had him before on the show, and um, it's always an honor and a pleasure to have him with us, uh, Nick Maxwell. Hey, everybody. Thanks
2: for having me on. I think this is the third time the charm, isn't it? (laughs) I think so.
0: I think so. I think that uh, this episode could be Nick's Maxwell version 3.0. (laughs) <laughs> there we go <laughs> and we can actually th- make make people think that we're that there's actually because there's a you know the Excel power uh, you know v two then there's the enemy, so we can actually let them into think that there's it's actually a new model <laughs> <laughs> all right so um might as well be might as well be the uh sub special uh Nick maxwell edition oh, there we geez. go. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's, that's, that's the, awesome. last thing. the last thing we need is another one of those. <laughs>
2: <laughs> can we get a bunch of your signatures to put on all yet, too?
3: <laughs> Rob's getting pretty good at it. You can ask him.
0: All righty. So uh, why don't we get started then with our quick usual roundup, uh, round robin, to try to see what uh, we've been up to. And as usual, Nick, we'll leave you at the end so that we can segue right into what we would consider our main topic and start a conversation. So uh, let's get started uh, from the north. So, Mr. Darren, go ahead. Oh,
2: I have news. I got to be careful I don't overload my microphone because I flew. (laughs) Good news, bad news, regular news. I actually got to fly. I got to fly. I got to fly.
0: (laughs) Nice. We need, we need like a. Like a soundboard with clapping or something.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I had to leave the country in order to do it, but I actually got to fly. Nice. Yeah. So the Cascade Model Helicopter Club in Snohomish, they were hosting a small uh, local-only kind of a fun fly a couple of weeks ago. And so I got in touch with the... Uh, With the organizers of it and asked, well, what do I need to come down and fly? And they said, because of all the, you know, because of all the changeover and all this stuff too, because my Mac is no longer valid in the USA either anymore, just like AMA is no longer valid here in Canada anymore. Right. And he said, just get your, get your AMA and come on down. So that's what I did. AMA actually has a membership. It's a full year membership specifically for out-of-country visitors that is less expensive than the normal one nice special cost yeah so it's cost me 43 bucks for a whole year of ama membership and yeah so i'm now an ama member as well and i went down to snohomish and did a whole whack of flying and i tell you it was so nice oh it felt so good to actually go and fly my helicopters again and cool. uh, got to go and see uh, Augie for a couple of minutes, although uh the jerk left, and yes, I'm calling <laughs> him a jerk <laughs> <Sassy>. <laughs> he left but uh, so I didn't really get a chance to visit with him, but I got a chance to visit with marco uh mark che chezysi C- C- something Oops, like that uh,
0: Ponce. yeah uh you can you can butcher his name that's fine
2: yeah sorry marco but uh he's on. Uh, he's an awesome guy got to visit with him again. Cause I've uh, visited with him before and got to see him fly his Spectre Nike throw there too. And met a couple of new guys, uh, Ben and Bill and uh, the organizers, Mike and Dave did a great job to go and put that on so that I could come out. And yeah, it was, it was great. It was like I say, it was all I did was go out for Saturday morning Unfortunately took literally three hours in lineup just to cross the border. Wow. Which sucked. Waiting in three waiting for three hours just to cross I guess just to get to the, the border aliens. in the first place. I was at two minutes at the border guards booth. And other than that, yeah, three hours of waiting. It was just stupid. But anyways. Up here in Canada. Up here in Canada, that particular weekend was a long weekend. And which it was the weekend before your Memorial day weekend that you guys have in the U S and up here in Canada was our long weekend, the weekend before like that. So a lot of Canadians were wanting to head down across the line. So, yeah. But yeah, other than that, the weather was great. We did get a little bit of rain on Sunday, but it wasn't too bad. And it was really great to go and meet some new guys and make some new friends and get out and fly. And it was great.
4: So Nice. Yeah. The other news that I have, I cannot confirm nor deny that I
2: may or may not be flying at my club now. Ah, very nice. Breaking the rules or stretching them? Well, kind of. I found a loophole. Mac has now. Told all clubs that we are not a policing agency. The only people that are allowed to request whether or not I have that new license or the registration or the logbooks or anything like that, the only people allowed to request that information are a peace officer, which would mean police, would mean. Border guards would mean other types of, you know, Transport Canada officers, things like that. They would be allowed to request it. A immigration officer, which I find kind of odd. And the transport minister himself. Nobody is allowed to, nobody else is allowed to require me to provide proof that I have that license. They're not even supposed to ask whether or not I even have the license. That means doubly for any of the rc flying clubs rc flying clubs are not allowed to use that as a means to prevent somebody from flying there is a little bit of a catch in that in some ways it makes my mac invalid if i ever have an incident and i crash then I would be the one that's responsible. I would have to take all liability and responsibility for it. The My Mac membership, my Mac insurance would not cover me. But the club, the club fortunately would still be covered by Mac insurance as long as they are trying to follow all the Mac rules. So yeah, it means that I'd be responsible for any problem, but they can't, ask me to or they can't force me to go and have the 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 license and all that stuff in order to fly they can't stop me from flying then so i'm still being very careful i don't want to to be honest i don't want to go and have the arguments and fights with some people right right so i'm still going to be very careful but i have been doing a little bit of flying anyways out here as well but that's this is literally only it's only been I've only been to the field once since this has been announced so
0: okay. yeah well and that's not that's not bad at all that's not i mean yeah. you at least don't don't be not, you know because you were talking about you know potentially you know just throwing the in the towel right so yeah. um, so you know this this opens up the possibility for you to you know keep on on going right yeah, I was seriously considering leaving the hobby very seriously considering it so. At
2: this point, I'm still, Max still says they're trying to work on a few things. I believe they're trying to work on things. I do believe that. I'm not so convinced that they're going to actually get anywhere, but we'll see. And because I still feel that they're barking up the wrong tree with a lot of that. But uh, right. anyway, so. Yeah. Other than that, I yeah. I've we finished our indoor flying last week, so our indoor is no more because it's nice and sunny and staying out late, 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 and so that's all done. Which means my Oxy Two is probably gonna sit in its pouch for next six months or so until it gets uh, wintery
0: again. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You have the uh, the big ones, yeah,
2: exactly, and. Other than that, you know, I haven't actually mentioned it, but if, uh, if any of our listeners are interested too, I am actually part of that whole Freefall RC Discord every Friday night. I'm still on. I'm on there almost every Friday night going chatting. And I just wanted to extend an invitation out to anybody else too to come on out. There's still, even though Freefall podcast is not happening anymore, the Discord Friday night Discord group is still happening and uh yeah there's still a bunch of us that go and chat so it's been nice I, I i really enjoy chatting with that and we talk about a lot of helicopter stuff and sometimes we do some simming and stuff like that too and yeah so other than that i think that's the
0: most uh it for me for my updates all right all right that was that was pretty good updates there and i mean that was very enjoyable to to hear so uh very good yeah. very good awesome so, yeah all righty. Well, uh, so we'll be flying from the northern wintry areas to the sunny Floridian areas to uh, listen to our very own Frank Moratio. So uh, hit it up. What's happening, guys?
1: So I've been missing an action for a while. I apologize yeah. ahead of time.
2: <laughs> you, know, you know, you probably could have gone on during when you were at Spring Fling, you know.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, I was told that by Steve that he would he would set up the stuff and we could do it, but I drew, I drove from Miami all the way up to Fredericksburg, Virginia, and that's a that's a long drive. Yeah, and I got that Thursday, and the last thing I wanted to do was hang out with you guys. No, I'm just playing. I was just too beat. I was just too beat, and I just wanted uh, to snore. <laughs> No, but I kid, I, eh. so yeah, so since then I've been to, I've been to Virginia for the fun fly, the spring fling, um, great event, never, never disappoints, always, always a lot of fun, uh, was there, we were just, me. we were just talking before the introductions happening about a boo-boo I had, so it happens, don't, th- don't get all worked up about it. Um, so I went to Virginia, flew, uh, Nick came through
4: for me and got me some parts that I needed. Uh, so that, that I've been flying my, um, XL power
1: enemy nitro or the, the pre-production model, my prototype. And I got, I got in about a month ago, I got the, the pre-production model. And I'm slowly building that, you know, I'm looking forward to flying down a lot. Um, two weekends ago, I went to Jonal, which is really, really cool. I've never been to that event. I Actually, this is like my first, like, I've been to plane events, but they've been local, local to me. And I've always been able to fly my helicopters. But this one I actually went to, I didn't even bring a helicopter, which was very new to me. You didn't even bring a helicopter? Really? It wouldn't fit. It wouldn't fit between my 48-inch laser, my 74-inch slick,
4: and my 104 slick. My car was packed. And, yeah, I had no room to fit anything. Planker.
2: Yeah, I know. I made up for it, though. Frank has become a dirty old
1: planker. No, it's just different, you know? (laughs) It's just... It's it's just, to say it's like the same for me as helicopters, but it's just, um, it's a different kind of fun. It's not the same, right? You don't get, you don't get yeah. done flying. You don't your heart's not pumping out of your chest, even when my 45 degree hover, but it was good. <laughs> it was good. I got a lot of fun. I got to meet a bunch of people that I'd never met. I got to hang out with some heli people that on the heli side, cool. um, uh, got to spend some time uh, working in the Scorpion and Maniacs booth. That was a that was big for me. You know, i always wanted to give back to this hobby as much as it's given to me. So, every time I got opportunity to volunteer sometimes to help out some of my sponsors, I always take advantage of that because I feel like I owe it to the hobby and owe it to the people because it, this hobby starts so much for me. Cool. So, that being said, went there. I had Kyle Doll maiden my 104 inch 120cc slick, which was which which just got finished the weekend the week the they got finished the day I was leaving by some guys <laughs> by some guys on my field that, that, that I fly with a lot, they're really good people. Misa and Carlos, they're like my uh, IMAC consultants. They they're telling me I should get into it, you know, that I would that I would probably like it. I've seen their flights. I don't think I'm going to. Good stuff. <laughs> and I pre- everyone, everyone should try it. Not for me, you know. I don't think I have the skill set for it. Yeah. So that was so. Jono came back working on my nitro. Oh, before Jono, I picked up the Evil Touch. So I have the new Evil Touch, and I have four Evil Flybarless units. Oh wow! But yeah. So I got to build some new helis to get that going. Yeah, really. Yeah, but I have a uh, I have some unbuilt kits yet that I got to get together, and I think I got e- almost everything. I got the servos for them, you know. Thank you, Torx. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some plugging here because it's the right thing to do. I got I need one more ESC, but I have uh 4525. I'm gonna run smaller motors on this one. So on my other ones, on the ones that I currently fly, I have 4530. So I'm gonna run 4525s. And a Scorpion two hundred, Torque Hlx servos, short blades, and the Evo fly roller units. So I'm trying to fly a lighter machine this year. I don't know how much lighter it will be, but the the motors is the big difference for me on this. Uh, cool. Got that. Got that. Uh, I'm building it the 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 new actual production kit. I'm actually using Nick's head design, dual plug head design on this one. So I'm excited to look to see what that's all about. He he gave me some info on the plugs to guy. I I went with the OS number sevens. Right, Nick? If I'm going to run 20%, I should be okay with that, correct? Uh, Yeah. Two OS sevens with 20% stock. Yes, perfect. Yes, yes. Got it, got it. So that, and other than that, that's been pretty much my last Two months since I banned the podcast. Cool.
2: You know, I got to see Marco fly his his uh, production Nitro Nick Maxwell uh, heli uh, Nitro with uh, was he cool. got a YS ninety one on it. I think he's got on there. Well, forgive him for that. And I got to say, that thing flew pretty good, actually. I was what I was impressed with actually was the hang time in an auto. It just sort of just floated wow, it just sort of sat there and hovered. You know, he brings it down to an auto and then just hovers it for for a couple of feet above the ground and it just sort of sat there and sat there and sat there before it finally floated to the ground. I was actually pretty impressed with how well it did. Cool.
5: Very
0: nice.
2: Yeah. So anyways, and my friend Kenny got his Nick Maxil Nitro Spectre V2 there as well. So he's, I don't know if he's started building the kit yet i know he's got it because i delivered it to him but uh my friend manny uh, brought it out for us and uh and handed it to me and then i gave it to my friend nick kenny but yeah so he's pretty excited pretty happy to have the kit i don't think he's had a chance to start building it yet though the guy works way too much it's very cool so
0: anyways javier Alrighty. So, um, so it was actually also very eventful for me. So, um, first, uh, well, my, uh, my mom and my mother-in-law were here for Mother's Day. We usually do that, you know, at least my mom, uh, would fly them over here to, to spend the holidays. So one of the days, uh, you know, we decided basically for me to take my mom and for my wife to take her mom. So I took her to the field. <laughs> and, uh, I charged up, <laughs> I charged up all, all my batteries to get everything, uh, you know, everything going up in the air. You know, I charged, um, four packs for the 500, four packs for the 570. And, you know, the only, well, four, but of course, two 12S packs for, for the raw to finally get a maiden on it. So I was super excited. You know, I, um, I went to the field. I was, of course, very, very nervous of, uh, flying again. You know, outside of you know the Nano S2 basically during winter. So um, you know, I didn't know, you know, how they were gonna behave. Of course the five hundred was uh was rebuilt as well. So uh I I was you know very hesitant, but you know, everything behaved very well. Um I had you know basically no no issues with the helis. I did notice that the five hundred was kind of sluggish, but you know, I increased the uh what is it, the uh style is a uh, is the speed on 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 the neo and um so i or the or the agility, I, agility I yeah the agility yeah so i increased the agility a few points because after the first flight because i what i do when i fly i kind of rotate them to uh you know to fly first the 500 then a pack on on the 570 then a fa- then a pack on the 500 and so on because that's the ones that i had the most packs for and I wanted to leave the raw for the for last so after after flying the 570 i noticed that it had um, it was much 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 more agile so um so i upped the uh, the agility on the 500 and and it's now closer to the 570 so i was happy you know i was having a good day i was flying very cautious you know not trying anything new nothing crazy just flying very very cautious everything everything was behaving fine and then finally it was the moment for the raw right so i was like super excited i was like okay so finally i'm gonna get this thing in the air um i had to previously tested everything you know i had i had done a um a a quick spool up which you know made me realize that my tail gain was too high of course because it's a three blade tail so i i thought i had worked out all the kinks and i was ready for a maiden flight i went on i pushed in the battery i tried to connect and i forgot my white 12s connector at home <laughs> um which of course it's uh the very first time that I'm trying to fly a 12S heli. I'm usually not, not used to, you know, carrying that Y connector, uh, because it's usually just one pack. So I, I did that re- didn't register in my mind. So I forgot it at home. So the, the raw came back home on flown and, uh, with two 12S charged packs. So, well, at least everything came back, you know, exactly in the same, in same states that they left home. So everything was fine. So, uh, I took another chance on, I think it was on Saturday to, to try it again. And this time what I did is that basically what, what I did is that I left the Y connector plugged into the, to the ESC so that I didn't forget it. So next time I arrived to the field and indeed the Y connector was there. So I was able to fly. So again, uh, well, I, I had a little bit less time, so I didn't charge all the packs. I just charged, you know, two for the 500, two for the 570. And of course the two, the, the 212S two packs for the raw. So I, um, I flew everything. I actually shot a few videos to get up on, on my YouTube channel and I was able to finally fly the raw. So I, I recorded it and, you know, I uploaded like that. You know, it, it was basically the tuning process. So it was an actual. An actual maiden, you know, not like, like, like the maidens that, you know, probably more experienced pilots, you know, know what to tweak and start flying, you know, the regular flights, the very first maiden flight, or some people, you know, do all the tuning and then do, you know, an actual flight and upload that one and they call it a maiden. So this was an actual real maiden, right? The first time that the helicopter actually uh, lifted up from the ground. So there was a lot of tuning that I had to do, of course, the, you know, I had, um. I had movement up and down on the tail, which was, you know, too high of a head gain because, again, it was a three blade head that I was not familiar with. So I changed that. That's the only thing I tweaked with the head. Um I noticed that there's a, you know, there's a slow wag on the tail. I tried to tune it out. I also had some issues with, you know, the tail kicking out on me when I did some punch outs. So I adjusted the, uh, it's called the TC collective parameter um on on the Neo. So, you know, I did a lot of tuning, uh, the first flight and the, the second flight at the second half of the, of the second flight. I, you know, I, I, I just went into TikToks to see if the tail was kicking on the TikToks after I did all the corrections to the, to the pre comp on the, on, on, on the collective for the tail. And, you know, it was manageable. So I just started flying it and it felt really, really good. It was really, really locked in. You know, it's uh, I'm flying it because I have a, a lower amperage ESC on it. I'm flying it at a lower head speed, flying it at 1800. So, um but it felt really nice. You know, it felt really, I felt really comfortable with it. You know, after I had worked out, you know, the tail is probably like, I don't know, like 80% to where I would like it to be but it still behaved and uh you know the 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 hell flew really well i did uh you know i i did um an inverted circuit and then i just went into uh into a nose down funnel and the thing just stayed there i mean it was amazing it just uh, you know i've i've been having the issue with the 50570 500 and i don't know if it's my fingers or something because you know, i was able to do that last time that i flew them but it feels like like there's, uh, like, like they're super picky, you know, like I cannot do white funnels. So what's happening to me is that when I do a funnel, they, they, uh, they, they feel like I have to give like micro met, like micrometric inputs. If not, it'll, the, you know, the circle will be very tight. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what's happening with that. Um, I don't know why. You know, why that is happening all of a sudden with the 500 and the 570, but it didn't feel that way at all with the raw. You know, the raw was very nice. I could make like, you know, nice wide funnels like I'm used to. And it felt really good. I was, I was very, very happy with it. It was not as intimidating, as intimidating as I thought it would be. It did, I didn't feel like a massive difference between the 570 and the 700 in size and in power, but it does feel. You know, it's definitely my, my favorite helicopter, of course, right now. Um, just because of how it flies, you know, it's very, very locked in. It's not as, um, as, uh, night and day difference and as impressive or, uh, or intimidating as I thought it would be. It's more like, you know, you know, like, like a really nice flying heli. You know, it took me by surprise, you know, on, on that regard. It just just flies nice <laughs> you know it just flies really well it just flies really locked in i mean i really liked it I, I just that i kind of had the expectation of oh my gosh this is going to be something like completely groundbreaking but um but no it it, it was i mean it, it was very comfortable it was just a very comfortable flight so uh, i was very happy with that i i you know passed the uh, the maiden test so then i went flying again on memorial day so on memorial day again i took Two, two and two, you know, uh, all the, all the six packs for the helis. Everything flew fine. Everything was, was going well. I flew the first pack on the, on the raw. Everything, everything felt good. But when I came back to, to land, I was, you know, I usually do a baby auto when I, when I go back. So I, I bring it back. I keep it a few feet up. I, uh, I wait until I'm, I'm on a stable hover. Then I shit and then I, um, shut it off with a throttle hold and, uh, it just starts floating down and I control it and it lands nicely on the ground. But when I was about to do that, all of a sudden the head speed died. You know, I, I felt the head speed die and then all of a sudden go back. Kind of like, you know, if I had flipped something on and off. Uh, or like if the governor was behaving badly or something, it just, it just, uh, it was very, very scary because all of a sudden he just died and then came back. So I was like, what the heck? So I, I landed it, you know, very, I'm, you know. I think I've, I've blown my entire luck for the entire season because, you know, it happened right <laughs> at the end. And, uh, I, and it, I was very fortunate that, you know, it didn't happen, you know, halfway through a TikTok or something. So I, I got it out on the bench and I said, you know, what the hell is going on? So I checked and I was, I was playing around with the heli trying to understand what, I, what was happening. And all of a sudden I hear the, the radio uh, conne- that, that, you know, it does that, that it, it, that the connection is broken. I said, what the heck? So I disconnected everything. I reconnected it. I started wiggling the cables. And again, connection broken. So I, I eventually got it down to the connection that comes from the ESC. And the connection from the BSC, when I soldered it, I did a pretty poor job soldering it. And uh, the the wires were were starting to fray. You know the wires that you know you know that these these cables are made of uh, of a gazillion little wires. So some of the wires had started to break because the way that I soldered it, there was some exposed wire, and that wire when when I was wiggling it to connect and disconnect, it started creating tension and starting breaking those uh, those wires. So fortunately, I found it. Uh, you know, I was able to reproduce the issue and I was able to find the issue. So I went back home. I got the, thankfully, uh, you know, the raw, I, I didn't need to disassemble anything. I just, I just, um, took, I basically just took the canopy out, but I didn't even remove it from the head. You know, that the, you know, it's not, it's a non-removable canopy on the raw. So I just kind of like turned it 180 degrees and, uh, got the ESE out, uh, re-soldered the connections, uh, made sure that everything was very nice, uh, very nicely covered with solder so that the wires were nice and protected cut a little bit less of wire to make sure that uh, you know that it went all the way in so i was very very picky in soldering these uh this time around and it feels fine um i just did uh you know i just tested that the, that i didn't mess up the connections of the uh, motor wires i just made sure that it's turning the right direction and that's it so next time I will be testing, testing it out. But so far it's so good. So I have, uh, passed finally. I've, uh, how do you say the, uh, uh, I've, I've blown the cherry on the, on the 700, you know, um, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really nice. Um, really nice size, really nice helicopter. I, I really like it. Uh, you know, being this Ferrari three plate monster. It, it it wasn't a monster at all. It was like uh like a really good friend, <laughs> you know. It was it was really nice, very well behaved, and uh, I I really liked it. So I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with it. I I'm looking forward to saving up. Um, you know, of course, this whole season and this whole year, year I won't be um adding anything to the fleet. But you know, so I have the Kraken. Um, I look at it and I say, oh my gosh, now I cannot wait until next year to get that built to have two 700s because definitely it's uh, it's feeling really nice but yeah i mean that was it so it was it was a pretty big milestone for me and uh, i didn't realize about it but i started the hobby in 2014 which means that next year i'm gonna be 10 years in the hobby so um uh, about wow. that time that i that i had a 700
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow
0: yeah cool Oh, that's so awesome
2: to hear that you've actually flown a seven hundred. You you are going to start to now you are starting to see why the rest of us gravitate towards seven hundred helicopters so much because th- there is nothing groundbreaking, but they really do fly better. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It, it's just like, it's just like smooth and predictable and stable and nice and consistent. You know, it's 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 everything. It's you know, a helicopter should be. Um, yeah. So um I'm thinking that, it, it, uh, you know, I, it, I like the 500 and the 570. I mean, I just think that I'm just dumb and I'm not uh, not tuning them correctly because it doesn't make sense what they're doing. So I just need to I'm going to play around with them a little bit more, see if I can get them closer to especially because, you know, the 570, you know, it, it's very close. It's very close in how it feels. So it has to be something that I'm doing wrong in uh, tuning wise, that why it's. Why well, it's not as stable as, as the 700. I mean, it cannot be that far away. So I'm just going to play around with that and, uh, see where that takes me. And well, in the meantime, I have the 700 to enjoy. I just need to keep working out to, you know, get the tail to exactly where I want it to be to try to tune out that, that final small wag that I have. Everything else seems to be fine. It's just that, that's, uh, that annoying small wag that I, that I need to make sure that the tail is, is, is locked in. So, um, So I guess that's uh that's it for me and uh it was it was very, very exciting. I um I of course have to have to thank my really good friends uh that have allowed me to you know to get this far. You know, I uh you know, I've said it before, you know, without the help of Mark and Eric, um it wouldn't be this this wouldn't have been possible. Um of course, Frank, I'm not forgetting about you. Uh you also helped me a lot and uh so um you know all of my friends who who have in one way or, no, or another you know helped me to get this I'm I'm very I'm very thankful it's really a big deal for me uh because it's been a very long process and especially for me that it's been my dream to have a 700 especially a goblin 700 and um and it was kind of like you know it's uh, it's a big milestone for me so um so thanks to all my good friends that helped me out in this journey and with that, I think that we can segue into our friendly Nick, Nick Maxwell. So Nick, uh, let's, uh, let's pass the, the torch over to you. And I would like to start, I think with what is, uh, you know, a, re- a really amazing feat uh, that you did, uh, you know, uh, conquering everyone else, you know, top notch pilots. At Dubai, and uh, <laughs> you know, that that was fantastic. You know, I'm you know why
1: I'm laughing at this because I spoke to Nick prior to going.
0: I was like, "Hey, you know,
1: talk about what we could talk about and all that." And I was like, "I put on the Dubai," cover, and he's like, "Hey, we don't even need to talk about that." And that kind of goes into how humble he is about this. Yes, the guy, the guy yeah. goes and just <laughs> yep. whoops everybody's tail. And Nick, I know you're going to get mad at me for this, so I'm apologizing ahead of time. But does an amazing job on it, and he's not even want to talk about
4: it. So, can we get you know let's let's jump on to, on some other things? Uh, sure. if that's well, okay. I,
3: every, everyone flew very well there. It was definitely a tough competition, and I actually look forward to uh, flying against those same guys again. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, so well, yeah. Well, and, thank and- you.
1: Good. And that was, a, that was a crazy weekend for you, because the weekend before that, you have Rotor Live, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. So, a bunch of us went to Rotor... That was, like, two weeks of heaven. So, like, there was, I think, five or six of us that went to Rotor Live, and we did our thing there, and then went to Dubai. I will admit I liked the weather in Dubai a lot better. Uh, <laughs> and... uh <laughs> other than that we just we just had a pretty good time can uh can from from xl power one in rotor live and that was his first big international competition i'm sure is the first of many so uh, is that really the only the first time he's won that is the first time he's won he has always been in second or third i think uh, really uh, i thought he had already won before so yes. I gotta, I gotta
1: yes. got make a statement about that. And this, this made me very proud of all the team guys, especially all the factory guys. There's a video that Khan had some issues and you saw Nick and Kenny bar- and, and even Rob buried into
4: each other into Khan's alley. So Khan can get some rest and get ready for this next level, trying to get his machine back up to, you know, spec.
1: But yeah, mm-hmm. you saw everybody there just working their, your asses off to get his machine ready, and that's that's awesome to see. And I just wanted to you know let you know that I saw that, and, and I couldn't be prouder of all you guys.
4: You guys really did, do great, especially working as a well, team that, to get to help each
3: other yeah. out. Yeah, the ro- the rotor life contest is pretty cool because it's it's very much a show. So. Um, the last, you know, if you make it to a certain amount of time, your flight counts. So if you did some amazing stuff up until that time, so the, like the last, you know, 30 seconds, every single flight, Can would just go wild. <laughs> okay. And, and right before the finals, all he did was just kind of hit the tail on the ground. He didn't crash, you know, but it was faster to get a different one going than try to fix that other one. So he ended up <laughs> actually winning with somebody else's helicopter. Oh, that <laughs> is nice. awesome. That's awesome. I can never, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, holy shit, how did this kid just do this? Because if I picked up somebody else's helicopter, that thing it'd be all over the place. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, that's a testament to how incredibly good and how much he understands how helicopters fly to be able to just pick up somebody else's and do it. Wow. It didn't, it didn't even look any different. <laughs> it was like many, it's like he
1: owned it. It's like he's like wow, that's yeah. that's great. Too.
3: How many was, practice
2: flights did he get on it?
3: None. That oh, was oh, there was a little oh. part of me that there was about ninety oh. ni- about ninety percent of me was impressed and just wow, that's cool. And then ten percent of me was like, damn kid, <laughs> how did you do that?
4: That is oh. great, man. That is great. You know, I, I
1: gotta, I'm got. i going to do a plug here. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm famous, Nick, I'm famous for doing these, but I always kind of play them off. But I just want to state that every major competition over the last year has been won by an Excel pilot. That's all I'm going to say.
3: In case anybody's <laughs> keeping
1: track, because I'm definitely am.
3: <laughs> but, yeah. Oh. Is that by design or accident? You think?
1: Hey, no, no, I, that definitely is by design. I definitely make a point to let everybody know. You know, I usually catch grief from other manufacturers, but hey, it's part of the game.
3: You know what I mean? It's It's all men and good fun. You know. Yes, the reality of it is, and why that is, is because Raw is a flyer himself, and he actually competed yeah. before. I didn't realize this. I met him in 2010 when I went to China 3DX, and I actually judged him because I judged the competition. So I think for him, it's, it's not that he wants. Really? He's, it's not just win because I just want to win. It's he actually enjoys competition just like the pilots. So he allows us to do some crazy stuff in preparation to get to that point.
1: Hmm. Cool. Yeah, it's funny you say this because, you know, me and Raw talk just about every day, right? And we're usually like, hey, what are you working on? Hey, sh- what should I be doing? Hey, is this okay? You know, just coming back and forth. But during that week I must have I must have spent going back and forth with him for hours a day. He was just when at the Dubai when it was top three was all XL power pilots, he was just like Frank, if we make this happen, this is gonna be so great. And I'm over here in Florida across the world, you know, during my own event because Nick sold me out. No, he we just been playing, guys. We talked about it before this. And he he was telling me, he's like, "Hey, man, they're doing really good. They're working so hard. Their flights are so great. You know, if they finish all in the top three, that would be so great."
4: But you know, we had a great it had a great turnout that weekend, so super happy regardless.
3: Yeah, sure. If if can just would have made it through his last flight, I think he, I think we all would have been in in some order the top three. Cool. But that's very awesome.
4: That's very awesome. Um, speaks volumes of the quality of our team and
1: the how great raw is, how much you know Nick made a good point that he's a flyer.
4: raw flies all the time, so it's it's very cool to have him compile such a good team of people working together for these machines
1: um uh, Nick saw you know i think I think we've done enough Excel talk, but I want to talk about a couple more things, right. But let's jump over to the JR really quickly, because I saw a lot of great JR product, and I actually bought one for myself at Jonault. I bought the dual mm-hmm. case transformer case, and that is a very sweet case, so I'm really happy I got that. And I know it's a little bit bad, but I still have
3: V-Controls in it. I'm working <laughs> on it. I'm working, uh, I'm working on it. It's okay. Um, J- JR uh, likes everybody, so no problem.
1: <laughs> They'll forgive you this time. Yeah. I, I wanna talk I wanna talk first about the the servos that are coming out. And I know you've you've done some you've been testing those, so can you give us some insight to what people are can expect?
3: Yeah, so I am by no means a servo engineer or developer and I've never done it before, so I gotta give all credit to a guy named Zach that works for, for JR. Cool. But we kinda we kinda talked and you know obviously all of the engineers that were previously at JR, when the new owner bought it, all those people weren't retained. Or they went off and did other jobs when JR was going through its weird time. Uh, and so it, the the new owner of JR is really familiar with airplanes. He's a big airplane guy, iMac 3D, yada, yada. But I had kind of talked with the servo guy and said, hey, I think this would be cool if we could do these different things. And the next thing I know I've got like servo firmware in my email and this little programmer to go program the servos and he sends all these different versions and this the version that's going to come out with the servos is pretty impressive um one they're they're xbus capable which will work with uh, the new NMP gyro so PWM will be a thing of the past so all the 760 1520 all that crap that you see on there now that'll be null and void Oh, oh really yeah yeah it'll be fully digital and then the servos themselves um, are 2K operation. And so when you see that, that means how quickly the control loop is is trying to react to the air. So like if you push your finger down on the top of the swashplate, how quickly is that servo trying to fight you? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of wild. I've done this at a few fun flies and everybody looks at me like I'm crazy, but I just picked the helicopter up by the swashplate. <laughs> And the servos are so strong, and they're so fast, they're reacting so quickly, the Swashplate doesn't even budge. So, like, now if you push on the tail servo, yeah, sure, of course, if you hit its torque limit, of course, it can run at torque. But as long as you push within those torque limits, they don't budge at all. The mm-hmm. next crazy thing is they're so fast, and they're updating so quickly, you don't hear that high-frequency buzz that you usually hear. Usually, you push down a servo, and you hear, eh, you know, like that kind of... Mm-hmm. that's... That's it, just slightly oscillating. And in this case, these don't do that. They're dead silent. I mean, maybe a dog can hear it. I don't know. It's at a really high frequency. Interesting. But so it's, it's kind of wild. And the, and the feel, um, so as you move the collective, you move the cyclic, you don't feel anything. It just feels like the swashplate's going.
1: Interesting. That's
3: awesome. So, so yeah. with
2: these things... You say fifteen twenty seven sixty stuff is pretty much not needed then. With this, will these not work with normal receivers and normal uh, and other uh,
3: flybars, controllers then? Yeah, yeah, they will. You can you can choose JR's fifteen hundred neutral. Um, okay, same, same as fifteen twenty. Uh, you can choose that. You can choose seven sixty at five hundred seventy hertz. Um, mm-hmm. All that's still in there. But if you end up using them with this future gyro that we're working on. Mm-hmm. All all of the PWM command except for for the throttle, or well, if you're using Nitro, it wouldn't even be for the throttle because you're using JR servo. Yeah, but you won't, you won't have to worry about that anymore. You won't have to worry about the noise of of different things like th- that can affect.
2: So panel. are they actually does it become does it get faster when you switch to that
4: too then? Faster uh, than yeah. any of the other settings. Yes, a
3: little bit with Xbus. Um so the the specifically because you're just directly then the reason it ends up being a little faster is because the command from the transmitter just runs straight through the gyro loop and out. Okay. Um you don't have to convert anything. Okay.
2: If if that makes sense. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. That's pretty cool.
3: Yeah. So it's it's pretty wild, and and if you are running X bus, the resolution is through the roof. I mean, the resolution is ten times what the gear train could even be. Hmm. Oh wow! Wow! Because obviously, the servo command you're just sending you know sending a command. So let's have it whatever you want to be.
1: Wow, that's cool. Yeah. The one the one feature that really stood out to me, and it's, this is just stupid, and it's just it's just cuz i've been in my hobby for a while when they they changed their they let you use two splines the 23 and the 25 and i was very happy because most of my servo horns that i've had it's a lot easier to get a 25 tooth servo horn than it is to get the the oddball ones
3: so i'm pretty excited yeah. about that yeah, back in back in the day, you know, Jr. was always twenty three and Fataba was twenty five, but it didn't yeah. matter because you, you had helicopters that had, had bell cranks, so you had to put a round, you know, a force, you know, four star servo arm on it or a round one, or and drill the holes yourself. So you ended up u- or using their holes, but you ended up using their servo arm. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, with these direct link helicopters, you, you, the helicopter manufacturer supplies the servo arm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, of course. So, yeah, and most helicopters nowadays come with 25-tooth, because I think that's what Savox, and I think that's what all the rest of them are.
1: KST Torque uses 25-tooth. Uh, yeah. Of course, Futaba,
3: uh MKS, except for that really weird size where they have to have their own horn. Yeah, I was going to say, the MKS has that big, massive one, then, too. Yeah, that's that big, monster one that needs, like, the horn alone when it's like a pound.
4: <laughs> 'Cause it's huge. That they could pull a freaking it's I don't know. uh all great servos though. But yeah, the only the only ones
1: that were weird size to me were the high tech ones which was like twenty four and then the JR which was
4: twenty three. I didn't know any other and most of them fell on the under that twenty five tooth um at least that I'm aware of. I could be wrong. I I tend to
3: think most stores will probably just carry the twenty five tooth. Yeah. <laughs> Understood.
1: Except for those JR unitas, you know the guys have been flying JR their whole life.
3: They just yeah, all the guys that have
4: JR
3: yeah, all the guys have JR helicopters. have got to use that one other servo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, I had
1: people betting me money when you came over to JR. Oh, Frankie's going to go fly for B Bar. You know that he's flying for B Bar. You're not telling me the truth. I'm like, look, man, Nick's been around for a long time. He's he's a Model citizen, you know, I've never had, I've never heard anybody ever complain about him. You know, if he's doing this it's for a reason. And then, you know, you came out on the RCHN podcast and spoke about it, which was really, really cool. And I think this is a good segue yeah. so we can talk about the new enemy gyro. And yeah, you, mm-hmm. you've talked to me about it before, even when you were still in Futaba, and you showed me some pictures of it. And the, it, does it still start up the way you showed it to me as a para flip? Yeah, flip. yeah, pirouette flip. Oh. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I want his, that. <laughs> his, the start of the gyro, it's like they're making a pirouette flip. I'm like, that is so freaking cool. <laughs> I so want that. <laughs> that is I such that's a
3: awesome. Cold... <laughs> uh, yeah, we can we can change it. I mean, <laughs> we can make it do TikToks or so we can make it do whatever we want.
1: <laughs> oh man! So um, talk to us about the gyro, man. And you know, I'm gonna prod a little bit here so i hope you don't get mad um okay tell us some of the features that that use what made you want to do it from the first one just so i can get to mike so we can kind of tell the the, our listeners how this came to be
2: yeah because i I was thinking the same thing why why are you because there are lots of really good gyros out there now already right so why actually do another gyro too
3: uh, well, the main thing, number one, I've always looked up to Mikado and, and the people who are doing Mikado's products, they work well, they fly well, especially their setup and user interface is immaculate. So I actually have, I would have no problem flying for Mikado or with them. Um, the biggest thing was, is I, at Fataba, um, I was involved with the CGY and I worked real close with a few of the engineers there. And unfortunately, just things changed and, um, uh you know the, the Fatab is a massive company they do r c cars they do stuff that demands their attention in lots of different ways, and obviously, my focus is helicopters and so if i have an i if I'm laying there in bed and I have an idea, i want to try it tomorrow and when you work in a big company like that, that doesn't always happen and that's understandable yeah um, and so I kind of Wanted an outlet to test a lot of those ideas. Um, and a, a really good friend of mine, uh, you know, we had talked for years about different things with gyros and things like that. And he's really good on the coding and the mathematics side. Um, He's actually a retired NASA robotics engineer, so um I mean he's done this his entire life. And then my side is is I'm really in tune and I love studying the dynamics of a helicopter because obviously three D helicopters you can't get that from a book. I mean, sure an engineer'll learn how to you know, they can learn how to do the math and figure it out, but there is nothing really that says this is how you make a control system for a helicopter to TikTok well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sikorsky isn't out there doing TikToks. No, yeah. So, a lot of this over the years, and specifically with working with Fataba has just, quite frankly, been pulled out of our ass. Um, And you you try it, and it either works or doesn't work. And so, with Mike's coding ability, we were able to take off-the-shelf hardware, like the quad flight controllers, or like we've used PixHawks and robotics, stuff like that, um, that has published pinouts and things, and use our rate controller and mixer system on those. Um, and so I could try ideas, and we tried some ideas, and they work really well. And uh, to be honest, Fatabo wasn't moving at the pace that I wanted to move at. Um, I'm getting older. I don't think I have a whole lot of years left to compete. And I mean, while I definitely still want to develop stuff for everybody else, I'd like to be able to use them, too. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So about a year uh, that, that we were doing our own in the background, just trying ideas, I presented kind of what we'd done to various different companies, and uh, a few were interested. Um, Fataba was actually not one of them. They they didn't... At the time, I actually went to Japan to try to meet with them. And uh, so it happens to be that I was... JR was a train right away. So I went and met the owner there, and he was really excited about what he's got going on with JR. He recently purchased JR a few years ago. Um, huge shop. Um, it's RC Depot, so if you Google RC Depot, you can see what he's got going on there. Uh, okay. And uh, he said, hey, you know, we we might be interested in this. So I kind of weighed the different options. And some of the other options I had, um, I really wanted to make an ecosystem. I thought one of the things that Mikado has done incredibly well is they've created a language and, you know, a whole ecosystem with their radio and gyro, um, and I kind of wanted to take that a step further with a manufacturer that has servos, receivers, gyros, you know, all sorts of different, basically anything related to RC, and so now, from beginning to end, you'll have full control of your servos from your transmitter, so um, working with them seemed to be like a no-brainer, and also, I really like working with the Japanese. They produce really high-quality equipment, and obviously, JR and Futaba were the leaders for years. hmm and you can't deny, even when I was Fataba, and even back in the day, in the, the late two thousands and stuff, when we were all, you know, it was always JR Fataba, JR Fataba. Um, yeah, I think it was a very mutual respect that things were done differently, but it was still both quality product. <laughs> yeah, um, that's why they own the market. <laughs> yeah, but, anyways, uh, long story short. Decided to work with them, and and now this is an outlet that literally, um, just like today, I wanted to try something today. I called Mike up, and I said, hey, do you have time to – Mike is now working with me through Nick Maxwell Products. And so we kind of have our own little thing going, and um, we call him up and say, hey, let's try this. And an hour later, I got a firmware to load. That's cool. Yeah, yeah
2: is this kind of like a partnership between Nick Maxwell products and JR then like, is this gyro going to be adver- uh, sold under G- as a JR pro- uh, gyro or uh, NME uh, or N- Nick Maxwell product gyro?
3: Actually both. So that okay. was one thing is we didn't have any hardware experience, mm-hmm. so we're not going to go out there and design. I've got a buddy here in town that could have helped us, but to work with it uh, with the JR RF and receiver system and all that other stuff, um, it was just a natural fit. So the partnership is they're actually designing and doing the hardware, and we're doing the software. Okay. And so you'll actually be able to get it from me through, through my website, or you can also you'll be able to get it through JR. Hmm. Cool. I um, mean, there cool. might be there might be some slight differences um, in the software between the one that I sell and what JR sells. Um, JR is obviously a massive company, um, so it's going to work with JR product. Um, The one that I sell may be a little different, like allow Futaba S-Bus to plug in. So if you're a little bit on the fence about going out and spending, you know, a thousand or plus dollars on a new radio just to try this gyro, you can try it first, say, using a Futaba or a Jetty or something like that with the software that's sold with mine. Yeah.
2: So... I guess not. The, the next obvious question then is: I mean, it sounds like yeah, you're trying to work on a full ecosystem, like what you're talking about with V control and whatnot. But it, is it really going to? I don't know. I, I'm probably going to sound a little bit skeptical here, but is it actually going to sound or fly better than some of the other ones too?
3: That is a really good question, and I have answers for you on that. That I'm a little nervous to explain exactly what we're doing because I think <laughs> that. A lot of the stuff the other manufacturers could implement pretty much instantly and, and probably do as well. So I'm not going to get totally in the details of yeah. what we're doing different. But the setup structure and the way that you tune the helicopter will be drastically different. Um, okay. You are going to have to more or less forget about what you've learned in the past. Um, That's, that sounds cool, actually. Interesting. Yeah, so it's um, the, contr- the, the setup is not going to be like the FATAB, obviously, you know, with all your options just thrown in your face. And, you know, oh, which one do I do first? Um, I realize that, that that could be a little harder. The other thing is the flight control system doesn't need that. Um, it's doing a lot of that stuff mathematically for you. So you're going to enter some data points. Um, And those data points in the background are going to calculate what your initial setup, you know, what you're going to start out with. And then in flight, you're going to tune just kind of like an overall gain and things are going to shift in the background to make that work. Um, And, of course, you're still going to, you know, adjust things like how fast do you want it? How much expo do you want? But you won't have to focus too much on the troubleshooting. So, like, why does does my buddies fly different than mine?
2: So then it kind of sounds like you're probably saying then different helicopters with the with that gyro are probably gonna fly pretty pretty a lot more similar than kind of thing like with the you know i uh, if i had a, a you know my v control or my specter v two with the with the v bar neo on it and then I flew frank's I have a feeling that it would probably fly noticeably different because he probably tunes it a little bit different and sets it up differently are you saying then that if you had two guys with the with your gyro on there the two helicopters could fly farrier similar then
3: like far more similar yes if it's say two helicopters with identical setups with different humans setting them up you're probably not going to notice much difference at all huh okay um because it's it's kind of the, the data points that you have to enter kind of force you to make it right, if yeah. that makes sense. Then the differences between helicopters, uh, w- we found a way to definitely kind of close that gap. Obviously, inertia is inertia. If you have yeah. a helicopter where the tear rotor eh, the is three feet longer and it's three feet taller so you, and the batteries are at the bottom you know, it's going to behave different. However, what we've been very much working towards is making it so you don't have to worry about tuning for that as much. Hmm. You You may have one parameter that you adjust that if you fly, say, a helicopter, say you fly a scale helicopter versus a 3D helicopter, and on one helicopter, the pitch or the, the elevator and the roll feel very balanced on the next helicopter. They don't feel nearly as balanced. There may just be one parameter that you kind of move up and down. Okay. That you can make them both feel that way then. Okay. Huh. That's kind of cool. The system, it's going to look, it's going to look strange and it's going to be one of those things where I'm going to have to make a video and I have to explain, cause you know, if you move the sticks on the ground, it's going to do some wonky stuff when you're outside of setup mode. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yes. You're just going to have to understand that, oh, okay, when I move the collective, the swashplate goes all wonky, or after I move the cyclic, it does some weird little dance. Um, <laughs> it's doing a pyro flip. Why is it doing that? <laughs> yeah, you're just going to have to understand that it's, it's doing that, and, it, and and when you take off, it'll be
2: fine. <laughs> yeah. Is it, are you going to have things like rescue and things like
3: that on it as well? In the future, for sure, we want to. Um, I okay. will be honest. In the beginning, we won't have cloud. We won't have download, online download updates. We won't have rescue. Um, you'll still have to update the gyro by plugging it into a USB and we'll have a user mm-hmm. interface for the PC and you'll still need to update your transmitter from a, from an SD card. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we don't have a cloud system like Mikado and Spirit. I noticed they, and I think that's cool. Definitely. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that's not needed. I think that's still super cool. And it's something that. Of course, we're going to look into in the future. Uh, is it going to happen at first? No. Yeah. What about um, governor control and things like that? Yeah. Go- yeah. Of course, it's going kind to of have governor. It'll have a governor. Yeah. It'll have all the standard stuff like that. Um, okay. It just uh, it won't have the the rescue initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, have to imagine that will be one of our first. Yeah. things. Yeah.
2: So one thing that I've been especially this last summer i was really enjoying flying my scale helicopter an awful lot mm-hmm. it, it, how well is it going to be for say multi-blade heads and you know for example with my i had an md 500 that unfortunately i destroyed in august and i had a five blade head on it but unfortunately the head that i had was sort of kind of a franken head so i had to actually electronically rephase the helicopter is it going to be capable of
3: things like that as well oh yeah yeah, yeah? Okay. Cool. And um, that that's going to be one of those data points that you put in there. Ah, okay. I mean, you're you're going to enter information about the helicopter that leads to your first flight being successful.
4: <laughs> okay. Cool. That's really cool. It
2: sounds like it's going to be an interesting setup.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it, I think some guys it, when they get used to it, they're going to love it at mm-hmm. first. They're going to go, why am I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully then I think it'll click and it's nothing difficult. It's not like you, it's not like you got to get a protractor or, you know, you're not a pitch gauge, your eyeball and the internet and you're good to go. Huh? Very cool. No different than like the other ones. You're going to have to enter some gear ratios. You're going to have to enter, you know, stuff like that. I'm I'm getting a little excited to see this thing now.
1: I'm look You know, it's funny. It's funny. I'm, I'm on the JR website looking at the radios to see which ones I'm going to buy. <laughs> I, kn- I know I'm going to catch hell for this because I did the same thing. I did the Same thing with this uh, Futaba. I got the 16IZ, and I went through that. Actually, no. Nick went through it and told me how to set mine up because I couldn't. So <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm glad. I'm glad Nick's. He's already thinking. That.
3: I absolutely don't want to ever badmouth what a lot of those guys and those companies have done because they were obviously huge stepping stones for our hobby. Yeah, for Um, sure. But I do think that sometimes the manufacturers that have been around a long time, they get a little stuck in their ways. Um, And I think Fataba was very much a proponent of that of when you have your transmitter that's driving a flybarless helicopter where the world is flybarless now. All of your little icons in your setup menus, it gets confusing. Which one was the flybar one? Which one was for the flybarless? They both kind of do the same thing. Which one do I use? Yeah. And I think that that it's great that, you know, all that stuff is still in there because if somebody has a fifteen year old flybar helicopter, they could have flown it amazing with a futaba radio. Mhm.
4: But it was definitely uh, busy. <laughs> I never had a chance to go and set
2: up one. I've never set up a Futaba, uh, but I've I've mm-hmm. heard lots of stories.
1: No, they, they fly really they fly really good. Like yeah. I yeah. I'll ne- yeah. I can never say I can I was hoping that the flying would not be so good. But yeah. the thick... The th- and, I'm not, and I'm not talking anything bad because, you know, Futabos is, always came out really good for me from the servos and the stuff that I bought from the past, so I can't say anything bad about it. But the amount of shit that I got from my clubmates when they saw me pull out the little cable to plug into the fly barless unit, to plug it to the back of my radio so I can program it <laughs> to do the actual setup. Oh, my God, dude. It was... It was bad. They're like... <laughs> What the hell's going on here, and I'm like this is part of the process for the setup. we have to do it this way <laughs> okay
4: yeah yeah i remember that that was that was a good times <laughs>
2: uh, okay, so that makes me think of another question and two you know nick you're uh, you're a big f F3, three f three c guy as well, so mm-hmm. it, one of the th- advantages that futaba has always ha- had w- over v control especially With some of the extra features for F3C, like, for example, you know, adjusting your pitch curve and and the position of that for your hovering maneuvers and whatnot to make that give you a little bit of extra advantage for something like that, is this new setup going to be able to do a lot of that kind of stuff too for F3C? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh,
3: Um, yeah. So you'll be able to separate aileron and Elevator because I actually do that for F3C. Um, You'll be able to separate even right from left. If you want it to roll twice as fast to the left as you do to the right, no problem. But it's only gonna be—it's not gonna be necessary to set all that stuff up. Yeah. And the only way that you're gonna be like inundated with seeing it is if you go into the menu that lets you do that. I see. So I thought V-bar is incredibly smart with how they did their servo stuff. You know, they—they they go in there and you adjust the neutrals by pushing left, right, and it does all the servos for you, you know? And then if you really want to get into the details of it, you hold your finger down and you go to the menu that... The advanced menu kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, so so it's not inundating where it's like, oh my God, there's 40 parameters, but I only need to use three of them. Oh, that's that's smart. That's a good idea. Yeah, I thought, I thought that, that Mikado's done an amazing job of that. And I also love the fact that they've created a language... Um, You know, you go to a fun fly and you hear even like specifically younger pilots or or any pilot and they're conversing with each other with like, what's your agility? What's your style? You know, they've given a language that gets people talking, which is the whole point of the hobby is trying things and not being scared to go out and try stuff. If you're if you're flying something and you're scared to adjust it, that's not fun. Yeah. So. I think I think that's kind of one of our goals, too, is to make it fun. Make it fun for people. Go out and try stuff. If you don't like it, mm-hmm. put it back. Yeah.
2: So it'll have different bank modes and stuff like that, I'm sure, too? Yeah, we'll have five banks. Yeah. Oh,
3: wee! Wow. Cool. And and all of it is saved in the gyro, the pitch curves, all curves, so you're not going to have to... It, it's all saved in there, so... If You transfer... Oh, the- dude... That's awesome. So hypothetically, let's
1: say uh you're you're overseas and someone has a JR radio in mode one, they can literally bind up to your thing and fly without having to worry
4: about radio yeah. setup. Yep. Oh that is that is trick. Mm. That is trick. I gotta uh, say that's a,
2: in my opinion, because I run V control as well, and it's it's a bit of a double edged sword. It be the, the ability to do exactly what you're talking about, Frank, is awesome. I, I really like it. You know, guy forgets his transmitter and whatnot at a, to an event, and you can borrow your buddy's V control and bind it up and go right, which is great. I will say this though: if I want to go and you know I finish a flight, and I'm going back to the bench it's kind of a pain having to go and actually power up the helicopter every time if I want to change change the setting again after that though (laughs) so it's good and bad it's got both sides right but I I think that is the way to do it to be honest at the same time so
1: so so you you guys know Devin McClellan right Yep. I I always have him fly my stuff you know it's just I've known him since he was a little kid so he's always fly my stuff but he always flies it with his radio right so it always seems like he doesn't have to go through because I'm backwards because I want, broad, I want motor run to come forward me, not away from me, and everybody else does it away from me. So instead of him switching my, my radio around, he just binds this up to mine, and he goes and he goes and flies it. So that's a cool feature for me. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, I think, I think it is the way to go. I really do think it is the way to go. But there is kind of there has been a couple of sorry, you know I've had guys go and bug me. What, You got to actually power up the helicopter to go and change the setting. Well, yeah, I do. But you know the the good the good outweighs or the
4: positive in my opinion
2: outweighs the negative on that option.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think so too. From using
4: V control, I really like it. I think it's pretty yeah. handy. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, there's tons and tons of good flybarless
2: systems out there. Yes. And that was sort of my thing, too. It's like, man, we've got so many really good flybarless controllers out there now, you know. But it does sound like you've got some pretty cool new things coming in with that, too.
3: Yeah, we're going to try to innovate in our own way. Every company tries to innovate in their own different ways, and there's nothing wrong with that. This is all subjective. If you like V-Bar more than mine, my feelings aren't going to get hurt because that's your your personal yeah
2: personal okay. that makes me think of something else too because you see more and more guys going to these open source type radios too how is it going to have to is how possible is some of that going to be able to be compatible if for the newer digital type modes then too with with that or is it going to be pretty much a strictly jr thing in order to get the full features kind of a thing Uh, it's
3: going to be pretty strictly JR to
1: get the full features.
3: Um, I mean, no doubt that in the future, maybe NMP works with other manufacturers to do integration. I mean, I'm not like flat out saying no, but I'll be totally honest. We've bit off so much to chew at this moment that I (laughs) just kind of want to get it working with what we have, get it out there, hear the, hear the feedback from people. And yeah. see if we're going, see if we're going in the right direction or not.
2: Yeah, because I've also heard guys talking about like with the multi rotors and stuff like that too, with this other different protocol that they're using for speed controllers and whatnot. So is the hardware going to be capable of do you know of in uh, l- later on down the road kind of thing, capable of some of these other types of telemetry for speed controllers and things like that? Then as well. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. So. What you're seeing with those multi-copters, kind of like the ESCs talking, not as a like a digital signal. Okay, that's that's what we're doing with the JR servos. Okay, Fataba oh, Fataba's done the same thing with with SBus for years in airplanes.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, when you when you have those single line things running four servos, it's the same thing. So with this, it'll be the same thing with with the with the gyro. You'll be able to plug, say, say you got. Two servos, say your throttle servo and your terror servo are mounted in the back. Let's just pretend, and the gyros all the way up front, and you don't want to run say like two extensions for servos, you could just run one hub back there and plug both of the servos into that hub. They're still going to respond respectively to their commands, yeah, but you won't so, have to, okay.
2: So it's going to be capable of all that too. that. Oh, man. (laughs) Now I'm tempted to switch.
3: (laughs) That that'll be from the beginning with the JR servos and the JR radio and the JR stuff. Um, We know that's working there. So. Yeah. Man, that sounds.
2: Yeah. Now, now you're making me think it's time. I may have to go and switch to a new system again.
1: I don't want to do that. You know how easy that would be on a scale. Instead of having to route all that stuff, you can just keep it back there yeah or if you do yeah. anything else to it uh nick you know i know this is a, a loaded question and i know everybody's gonna start driving you crazy when i ask you this but when does it expect to come out
3: <laughs> well if you've ever noticed i always say when i think i want it to come out but that never happens uh, <laughs> yes so- we notice that <laughs> <laughs> i'm real good at that uh yeah Part, I think part of it is because a lot of this stuff are kind of personal projects, so I can kind of say what I'm thinking, and then when it doesn't happen, it's, uh-oh. Um, but... <laughs> I, I don't really know. The original, the original plan was Urcha, and I'll be straight up honest; That's not going to happen. So, I am hoping within a couple months after Urcha. Okay. Uh, September, that's not entirely bad. September, October. Um. It really is going to depend on the transmitter integration. So the the hardware is basically done. The the um, it's not in production yet, but the hardware is done. Okay. The gyro software, obviously, we're not just sitting on our hands. You know, every day we're trying to make it even fly better. Um, not only for me at the worlds, but just for the users. While we're waiting on the other stuff. mm Hmm. Uh, The thing that's going to take time is me going over to Japan and sitting with their engineer to make the app for the transmitter. Mm -hmm. And make the graphics and stuff. Because the commands and stuff, we've already kind of got that figured out because we obviously have a system to program it now. Um, But to make those graphics, it's Android, so that was part of the reason I went with JR as well, is the transmitter is Android-based. So making an app for it is not some secret, you know, some secret thing that they do inside. I mean, if you, if you find an Android app developer, they could probably work with JR mm-hmm. to make an app. So, um, but I'll work with them and try to get that done. I plan to go over there for a few weeks and just sit down with the guy and okay, okay. this button, this button should look like this.
4: This should have a little okay. right next to it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So being
2: an Android, that makes me think too, another sort of possible future thing, would there be a possibility of something like a Bluetooth or a wifi in, embedded into these things? So the guys can put the software onto their Android phone then as well
3: and adjust them and set it up that way then too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the guy that, the guy that's doing the coding for this, he's a big proponent of the Bluetooth stuff. So if you plug a Bluetooth module into it, you can use it. I mean, okay. It, it it's won't not going to any- have Bluetooth built in, though. No, it, no, it won't have Bluetooth built in, because um, okay. we're actually doing everything over the native 2.4, just yeah. like Fikato. Um, yeah. But, um, Very cool. Yeah. Our pl- we don't have it made yet, but the plan would be there's a port on the hardware that you could plug a Bluetooth into. Okay. Wow, that sounds like it's going to be a really flexible system. I, I mean, it will slowly get there. Yeah, it's not going to be like when Mikado released theirs and it had the online and it had the, you know, all of this cool stuff. It won't be like that because it's. Yeah we're, but, focusing, yeah, we're focusing more on the flying. We want to get the really good flying gyro out there with JR Radio and using the wireless programming stuff. And then, definitely, the plan is to build up from there.
2: Well, that's what I was just thinking like it sounds like long term it's got a lot of capability for flexibility. I mean it, at first, there's going to be some limitations, of course, because you know you want to get it out there and in some ways, as much as we hate to say it, there's always going to be some sort of a new problem or bug that's going to arise in the first few months when yeah, when yeah. something comes out when something finally gets released anyways right as good as as much as you can test it, you're probably still going to have some sort of thing coming out, right. Problem, yeah, but absolutely. so work on that first, respect. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once you some hopefully, you know, get that stuff moved, uh, slowed down enough, then yeah, you can go and start to go getting out more updates and more updates just to make it even more interesting down the road, kind of thing. That's uh, that's I think it's a good idea.
4: Well, cool,
3: cool. I'm glad it's out. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's that's the plan. I think uh, my personality. And the people that are working on this together, we are definitely performance-based. So, I mean, take that for what it's worth in terms of flight versus how quickly we get rescue implemented. (laughs) Um, You know, if if 20 people come up and say, we really want it to do this when we push stick forward. I mean, our brains are going to instantly go to that rather than the online updating part, you know. Yeah. Um, But definitely... Well that makes me also think
2: and this is getting a little bit out of our out of our um scope of what we would normally talk about here but is there future thoughts of even getting into the
4: commercial UAV world with GPS and all that stuff with something like this then too? Um well, that I don't really know what I can and can't say. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the this, this, this thought has
3: crossed your mind. and That's probably about all you need to say. <laughs> well, the yeah, this kind of all started from that. So Okay. Yeah. What I, what I was doing as a consultant for different UAV companies kind of led me to, hey, this might be a little easier to make our own fly wireless system than what we thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we also, I mean, uh, I'll be completely transparent. We, we had started, actually, by modifying PX4, mm-hmm. so um, we've actually had this our specific rate controller and our control system in one of those autopilots. Oh, okay.
4: That's the one that you showed me, right?
3: Possibly the Diablo that flies itself. Yeah. Yeah, so that had, that had the, the navigation system and everything from PX4. Very I mean, cool. Yeah, there, there's lots of different. I personally don't want to get into that market. No, <laughs> okay. I've, I've worked in it before, and 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 I still, I you know, if it, I've had different companies approach for. I really like doing the test flying for stuff like that. I absolutely love that. Um, so I've done stuff like that with the different companies, but getting into that market, you're talking tons of red tape. Yeah, yeah. I want to go out and play with my toy helicopter.
2: <laughs> Let Curtis Youngblood go and deal with all that other stuff.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I think the the flying and the testing part of that is just as much fun as the hobby stuff.
4: But the business mind-numbing. I I I am. I commend anyone that can do that. <laughs> the, yeah,
2: the business side is never uh, never the fun part, is it? No. no. Pretty good at it, either. So. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> What else do we want to talk about here?
4: Oh, I'm going over my notes.
1: Uh, is the
2: blade uh, manufacturing uh, up and running at your place yet, Nick?
4: <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> we, are, we,
3: we are way closer, though, and we're planning on the last, I think, the second to last week in June of actually moving it. I went to Missouri. We built a bunch of blades. I am officially trained. I built several sets of blades completely on my own. They didn't explode, um, <laughs> and Vic. There's is, a bonus. Yeah, yeah, and Vic is doing a really a ton of work to try to make it as easy to move this stuff, you know, as we can. So, so you know,
1: uh, as a as your team pilot, you know, Kenny, don't kill me for this one, but I have to ask: your first set of helix. That's coming to me, right? I just want to make sure I like to
3: take <laughs> my charts one-off one-offs. Yeah, so, I have actually, I've actually made sure. So I, I talked to everybody I said, can we still make, like, the old Helix and the stuff that we... So He's like, yeah, we still got the mold. Oh, so, okay.
4: So, yeah. So, so, your first set of those, I want. You want those? Oh. Okay. Okay, yeah, I'll pay you whatever you want. I those mean, are going to be the ones that I are going to blow up a little...
3: Yeah, yeah, those shouldn't blow up. I'll, I'll be careful. I'll, I'll not forget, like, a layer of carbon or something for you. <laughs> Make sure they're balanced, okay? You know, I don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> they I'll, use be bubble, we'll be. I'll use bubble gum. <laughs> oh,
1: that's
5: good. <laughs> you know, leave,
1: leave, the, leave the, the lead weight off, so, you know, not glued down, so it makes a
3: funny noise as it flies. Yeah. Oh, so it sh- I actually I have had not uh, not with Vix blades, but with previous other blades. I've had the lead shift inside there. That's a that is a monumental experience when that happens. <laughs> Talk about crack, right? I bet it cracks really good then, right? <laughs> For no reason, well, it just shakes itself apart. It yeah, it comes apart quick. What, what did Elon oh, yeah. call it? Uh, RUD, Rapid Unexpected Disassembly? <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: <laughs> uh, unplanned, Rapid yeah.
3: Uh, uh, Unexpected, yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> I can guarantee you that main shaft will be in a princel when that happens. <laughs> I mean, I think I just have a couple sets. If you just, like, want one set, I think I no, have no, a set. No, no, no. I, don't, oh, I don't want a one set. I don't want.
1: I want your first production set. If you ever bring them back into market, I would like that. Like I'm not in a yeah. rush. They're not going to get flown. They're going to get
3: hung up on my wall. Oh, oh, so, they signed. Can, so they can even be there. So if I screw up the first set, I can still send you those. If you're, no, you're no, going to you. oh I'll, I'll definitely put, a, I'll put them on mine. Oh, you're, you're going to fly guys. <laughs> Excel Power,
4: Nate Maxwell Edition Nitro. I'll definitely put it on that. <laughs> and fly it around with that. Speaking, Speaking of about that... that uh, just so make before, sure they're
2: signed it too. Uh.
3: <laughs> yeah, then they'll definitely crash. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, so before we run out of time, we definitely need to talk about that, right, Frank, the new Nitro? For sure. Yes, I am, of course. I have, nothing makes me happier than getting on Facebook and seeing so many people happy. So I know I think Raw is the same way. I think I'm a little more vocal about it. But honestly, that is the coolest thing is after you spend a few months and time and effort and money and stuff to do something it's pretty awesome to see your friends and other people out there enjoying it so that's been fun for all those that have posted thank you it uh definitely makes our day how many
1: can can we can we kind of talk a little about the background that people don't know how many different iterations did you guys go through (laughs) um because i know you designed one first right and yeah i, I did it, two different I ones was, of belt drive. i was trying to see i was trying to steal it from him but he wouldn't let me take it he brought it to my yeah. field in Miami, and i was you know he's like yeah. no frank we, we can't did. fly we can't fly anymore it's not right
3: yeah i admit- oh. um yeah i did the two versions of the belt drive myself and then i think i sent video i sent a video to raw and i said look this thing flies pretty darn good he goes oh okay let's do one and I knew I didn't want to do the belt drive from the motor to the main gear anymore. And so that's when Roar really kind of stepped in and took over and started changing a lot of the stuff. Like, I can't make gears. I can I can cut carbon, and I can machine some small parts. They all had to kind of relatively hodgepodge together. Um, and when he was able to make a big main gear so he could get the motor up front come up with some new parts, like to make the new clutch systems and stuff like that. That's when things really took off. I don't know. I mean, it's probably... I mean, I've had probably 10 different clutches in it, trying to play with the clutch, and then several different frames. Stuff like that. So it's four or five different iterations.
4: I still have my, my pre-production
1: kit with the servo, uh, the tel servo just as the electric, right? Yeah. I, actually, I know... I, I, I like that model too. I, I've, I haven't built the the, produ- the production one yet. I haven't finished it, but you know, I think it still flies really good for what it is. You know, I'm not that. I'm not as good as you, or
4: nowhere near that. But I've flown well, enough actually, to know.
3: Yeah, I think I'm going to go back to running it like that because there's you can do that with the production one. True. Yeah, I think I'm going to to do that. I mean, obviously we needed to try this and make sure it all worked, and it does. Um, it's kind of neat flying the little the little receiver battery but you gotta charge the stupid thing every couple flights <laughs> so I think I'm just gonna yeah. slap a 5000 on the front of this thing and put the tail servo back where it used to be and okay. then that way too with the rod back up on top uh, my nitro and the electrics if I go to a fun fly, I can bring one spare tail fully assembled and then it just goes on either one of them Ooh, that's, oh, that's, that's good smart idea. That's really smart. Yeah. Yeah, And I mean, I don't know. I I guess some people are weight conscious. I'm not. I don't think that adding that battery is, I mean, going from a 3,500 to a 5,000 is what an ounce. I don't think I can feel an ounce.
1: But you could definitely fly all day on that 5,000, though.
3: Yeah. On that 5,000, I never, I almost crashed in Virginia. I don't know. I don't know if you had seen it or not, but I put a, uh, uh receiver battery through I think four flights of thirty five hundred. Um, uh-huh. And it's and I'm sitting there going, man, this thing sure is feeling sluggish. And as they come by. I land in the battery was at like <laughs> six volts. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Oops.
3: <Wow>. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. So, yeah. I don't know about I don't know about you guys. At an event, I get a little distracted. So for me to sit there and have to think, how many flights do I have on this receiver battery? Yeah. I don't want to do that. I just want to charge the hotel and be good for the, the next day. Yeah. And I think keeping the, keeping the exact same parts then between the nitro, the exact same head, the exact same tail pull, exact same boom, exact same everything. That's handy. Big time.
2: Cause I know, like I mentioned my friend Kenny at the beginning there, and he's flown my Spectre V2 mm-hmm. and he really liked it. And that's actually one of the reasons why he decided to go with the with the XL power nitro now the new the, the new specter nitro mm-hmm. and the, and he has considered like he is diehard nitro die hard nitro he's got probably i don 't know ten or fifteen helicopters and out of all of them I think three of them are electric uh-huh and including he's got you know several old raptor 50s he's got a raptor 30 that still flies every but once a year he takes that out to the field and and starts bombing around with his old raptor 30 but
4: no oh, nice
2: yeah it's kind of kind of cool actually and anyways so yeah he but he has thought of getting another 700 size electric as well and i think being able to change the parts that's one of the things that really convinced him of Mm -hmm. one of the things that convinced him to get the the new spectre nitro is the fact that you he'd be able to share a lot of parts with the electric version as well so yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and
1: setup the setup i mean the servo arms it's all the same
4: same exactly
1: (laughs) Exactly. i'm you know what i'm trying i'm wanting i'm wanting to do i'm waiting on here because i want to get the the new lightweight tail on the electric yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to try that out. I think that's going to be really cool. Lightweight tail? Yeah, the Nitro has a, has a more milled
3: down tail, or it's a different design. It's, it's a different design tail. Yeah, sure. oh. It's just an updated tail box. I think all the kits, the second he runs out of the stock of the other one, the electrics will come with that one.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. I yeah. hadn't heard about that
1: yet. It's very, it's, it looks cool, man. It looks futuristic, like the old like the current one now it, it's like a it's like a thing like that thing is beefy especially with on the higher grade aluminum on the enemy it's it, it looks beefy i like it i have it on on most of my alleys but this
4: new light tail one oof it's hard to beat that thing man it looks it looks almost sculptural it's really nice yeah. curvy she's got good lines yes
3: hmm
1: that's Telfin though i gotta get i gotta get used to that I, i'm with you man i need a bigger dolphin
3: we'll throw to put some the color throw the other one on it like i do
1: yeah i'm gonna put the enemy on it i'm just gonna put some color on it i got that yellow
4: from the from the nimbus uh-huh. i found the exact same color i'm gonna put that on the tail i think that's gonna look cool on the fin.
3: As long as you can see it, I have to fly yeah. with the white. I have to fly with the white landing gear too. I, I don't fly with the black landing gear.
1: Yeah, I gotta ask him to, why he always puts the black landing gear on all the kids. It's like the first well, thing I change it out.
3: The nitro is because uh, the it looks nasty, which it does. It gets dirty. Hey, hey, you know, man, nitro is
4: great. The only thing yeah. that self-lubricates, you know. It's always
1: makes it's always fun.
3: I mean, how like much is Atlanta, Isn't a landing gear eight ninety nine? Some stupid,
1: some
4: cheap amount like that. Yeah, yeah. You can try both colors. Eight <laughs> <box. laughs> uh what else to talk about? Hey,
1: let's talk about the new canopy design that are com- that's coming out. You've been, you've actually
4: got to see it in person, right? The new canopy design, which is
3: it's lighter but it's stronger. Oh, the, the yes, yes. Actually, I had been flying that for quite a while. Yeah, it's it's not a new design. Okay, it's actually the same shape. Okay, uh, okay. It's just um, like so. Oh well, I, I take that back. It's now got the the grommets are now vertical. Okay, um, that's the only change is the back rear grommets. They're no longer at an angle, so the grommets don't wear out nearly as fast. And so it's like the Nitro now. Okay but the shape is the same but it's um made by a special factory they're doing they're doing it fully by vacuum really cool yeah and they add so typically i think these canopies are all wet layup and so you you may get one that's a little heavier than the other and you know somebody's a little more heavy-handed on how they lay the stuff down uh with that new one it's super light crazy light Uh, I think it was 105 grams. I don't know. I got to go weigh it. 105 grams versus like 140. So you end up losing like two ounces, almost two ounces. Wow. Very Um, cool. And uh, it's also got like a small little layer of foam in it, which makes the canopy super rigid because the layers apply. have a little bit of a rigidity there.
5: Hmm. Um,
3: Still fiberglass? yeah, yeah, still fiberglass, crazy, crazy rigid. Wow. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I don't. I probably shouldn't say this because I don't really know, but I think the paintwork looks a little better from that company. Yeah, that canopy on that company. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're using a little bit more like a metallicy color in what they're doing. Okay. And I think that metallic looks pretty, pretty awesome.
2: Now, is it going to be all the same paint jobs as the existing ones or different paint jobs now, too? I have no idea. I think it's this.
3: Uh, I mean, I've got one in, like, my standard paint scheme. And I know Kenny, I think, has one in his, the the colors that he likes, the stock one, the red one. Um, and then I think it's the one that he had at Rotolive was pink and yellow.
4: Pink and orange. Okay.
3: Because
2: I've got on mine, I've got the... Uh, the v1 orange canopy uh-huh. on mine and i really I, I, especially up here with the gray skies that i get all the time out here in the in, uh, in fall and spring that orange just stands out big time against the gray skies so that's that's i purposely uh extra ordered the orange canopy for my v2 i the white and red looks good but i just can't see it up against the gray skies as well as the orange so that's why i'm asking about the paint schemes that way then if they're still going to get some some of those kind of paint schemes, hopefully.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've never, I actually don't talk to him about that kind of stuff. Okay. I stay more in line on the yeah other stuff, but because uh, if it were up to me, the thing would be like all white with a line on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, have, I have no, no artistic bone in my body.
1: Um, <laughs> so did, you, did you get a chance to look at the ones that Brandon painted that he shared on the team chat? Oh, yeah, they're wild because they're all, like, airbrush-y. They're cool. Oh, yeah, dude. That orange one that he has, I'm like, if I see that impression, he's losing it. I'm just, I'm uh, gonna, I don't know. Gonna...
2: You know, that would be nice if more companies would actually offer a flat white one so people can do, own, do their own paint jobs. You don't see that very often anymore where companies go and offer a flat white canopy so that people can do their own paint jobs. I know, well, not just
1: that. I also would love to have a flat white one, just so I can
3: make a night rig out of it. Yeah, there's another good one reason. Yeah, uh, you know, I do miss that too. I thought that was always a really cool part about the hobby. Is you'd go see, yeah. and everybody would have. There was like six different canopy places that did custom canopies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Albeit, it was a little pricey, and things didn't. I mean, I guess people crashed as much as then as what they do now, but yeah. I mean you push a little harder now. I think everyone tends to push a little harder now because it's easier to fix the equipment. So uh, I think the stock canopy is attractive for that, but it part of that's one thing I really think I hate to get off on a tangent here. Um, and I'm going to sound like a grumpy old man, but do it, do it. I think a lot of what the hot, I see like helicopter people and, and I see posts on that. What's going to get helicopters bigger again? What's going to get them like where they were in 2010, 2012 or earlier. I really think that individuality of trial and error and having fun doing your own thing is kind of a thing that it lost a little bit. You know, you probably got a point there. I didn't think about that,
2: but I think you got a point on that. Cuz you look at why one of the reasons why so much of the the quad stuff got caught on, guys were building their own frames and doing a lot of their other stuff themselves as well. And you're yeah. right. I think we've
3: lost a lot of that with the helicopters. Yeah. And I tend to I tend to have different things and different reasons to blame different stuff that has caused that. But I think there's definitely a group that does want it like that. Mm-hmm. But I also think that a lot of the people that were highly active and are not as active is because those options aren't out there. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Like, I even remember back when I
2: first started was, you know, around the right around the days of uh, the end of days of guys doing this or Mm -hmm. guys are trying to save money. So they'd build a canopy out of a milk jug carton (laughs) and some of the other creative ideas that guys would think of stuff like that. And it was right around the end of that is when I started getting into the hobby, you know, and I think, yeah, you don't see that kind of thing very often anymore.
3: No, you don't. And, and a lot of guys, I think too. And even for that matter, now the helicopters tell you where to put the zip ties yeah exactly. that used to be a big thing too, is you'd show up, and your buddies look like he took a friggin bowl of spaghetti and threw it on his helicopter and, and then that's the other my guy, helicopters and then the other guy would have one that was like all pristine and perfect and but it, yeah. it put that kind of sense of individuality to it for sure. yeah, no, that's true. I never thought about that, but I think that's I think there's a lot to that We just need to find somebody who knows how to paint and tell <laughs> them to open up another custom canopy shop <laughs> <laughs> well and that's where i like i i wasn't even thinking so much for cu- cu-
2: getting custom canopy shops i'm more thinking in terms of like you look at the rc car world almost in a huge percentage of the rc car guys they paint their bodies themselves yeah right they don't usually like to buy pre-painted ones they've got their own special paint job that they like to do themselves And I think that's one of the things that I think is missing. Like we had Eric Bertram on last year who had a bunch of those custom canopies made by Goblin, you know, by SAB. Mm -hmm. And that's a cool way of doing it. But yeah, I think doing it yourself, buying some plain white canopies and guys just going and experimenting with their own canopy design, their own canopy paint jobs. I think that needs to. Yeah, it'd be nice if that could happen a little bit more.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it, back in the when I my first Urcha was two thousand one, and there used to be this guy. I think he actually passed away now, but his name was Irwin. He owned a company called Quick Worldwide, and absolutely none of the parts were were good. Well, I mean, they were good. Don't get me wrong; they were they were literally copies of stuff. <laughs> I hate to, <laughs> that that part wasn't good, but like you could get. Twelve different colors of Raptor tail booms, anodized. You could get whole Raptor rotor heads in four different colors. Wow! <laughs> and I think that's—I I, I mean, you'd walk down the flat line, and this guy'd have purple grips. This guy'd have a blue swash plate. This guy'd have a red tail hub. You know what <laughs> I mean? <It> was, yep. <laughs> but it was kind of fun. Yeah, uh, Exactly. Exactly. I actually think Sab's done a pretty good job of that. They have the, the different colors that that you can mix and match.
2: Yeah, well, Sab. Yeah, you can go and actually get custom paint jobs and whatnot too, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, and and look, you see, you see people doing that, so yep. that's something we ought to try to re-make
4: normal again. Yep. Anything else?
0: Not Javier's awfully quiet there. Uh, well, I heard Nitro around there, so the ju- I was lost there. <laughs> you don't like Nitro. No, not at all. I know, I know that it's uh, that I'm one of the very few. But yeah, no, it's not. It's not for me.
3: What It makes noise? It's got. Oh, no, 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 hey,
0: Nick, 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 just don't
1: waste your breath, bro. <laughs> you're better off. You're better off pissing into the wind and flushing money down the toilet. That's, I've tried so hard, man. I I've tried. I've, I've invested so much time into converting our dears here. To at least try it. I said, hey, you can fly one of my machines. He just won't. He
5: refuses.
1: (laughs) He's just refusing it.
3: Whatever makes you happy.
2: I'll admit, I'm not a nitro guy either, but at the same time, I'm okay with other people flying it. And uh, I I think there's a, I think, you know, I just discovered that I'm fantastic at blowing up nitro engines, and I just got sick and tired of it. So, (laughs) yeah. I'll fly
1: other people's nitros, though.
3: So when you burn it up, you can hand it back.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, if, if you decide to make it to Urcha this year, you can fly mine.
2: Okay. You know, that sounds I'll, have fine. Nick
1: to, I'll have Nick tune it first. Make sure okay. that it's all good. Okay. So nothing you can do to screw it up.
2: That's good. Okay. Uh, Other than my dumb thumbs. Oh, yeah. Well, we can't help that.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> they got they'll have parts there. We can fix it. Whoa, no, whoa, I've- whoa. Hang on. Nick will have said see- <laughs> No, Scott will be there, but you can help me fix it. Oh,
3: yes, I'll, I'll be sure to come over and help <laughs> wrench. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: no, I'll come to you. Don't worry, I'll make life easy for you. You helping me,
3: you can, at least oh. I can bring it to you. To your okay. Area. <laughs> you bring you bring me a monster. I'll do any work for monster. So I'll wrench on whatever. Oh, so dude, monster, monster. What was that? What was that thing that you that you ate
1: here in Miami? The when where we went out to dinner. I'll bring you some of
4: that. You seem happy when you were eating there. Uh what? Remember we went to that Spanish place? You, me,
3: Augie, um Oh, the Cuban restaurant. It was Cuban, wasn't it? No, Peruvian. It was Peruvian. Oh. I don't know. What it would, I mean, I'm a pretty picky eater, but I mean I guess I don't remember what I thought I ordered like a cheeseburger. No, no, I think you got some seafood. Or it might might have been a cheese. It might have been a burger or something. I can't remember what I did yesterday. I can't remember (laughs) what I had for lunch today. You ate lunch today? Actually, I don't even know if I did. Come to think of it.
1: (laughs) Man, Nick, like always, it's always a pleasure to have you on here. Thank you so much, my friend. Yeah.
3: Oh, well, well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's
1: always good to talk to you. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, and, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was going to end up with our, you heard it here first, but I think that there were a lot of firsts. No, yep. <laughs> so I, I don't think that we need to go through that. I think that the whole episode was uh, you heard it here first. So, so thank you very much, uh Nick, for, for that. It was, it was great conversation to hear about everything that you're working on. We know that you're a, a guy that's very, very much involved in the hobby. You do it for the passion of it, just to make these things fly better. So, um, it's, it's really good to hear what you are, what you are working on and coming up with in the near future. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it.
3: Are you going to be coming out West here this year too? Yes, for sure. I don't, I talked to Marco. He said that they haven't really nailed down the the big fun fly out there.
2: Yeah. I can't Um, remember if they had the date or not yet. Yeah.
3: I like that. I like going out there for that. Uh, I'm going to Gregor McGrath's thing at Amos. Uh, I'm not going to make Reno this year. I wanted to I'll make that one. Um, obviously, Ken's again in February.
4: Oh. You, should, you should make it to RCHO in November.
3: Oh, it's in November? Yeah. Yes, I would like to. I kept missing the one in the wintertime. I, I got to yeah. be honest. I'm, I don't do the cold, so... <laughs> I tell you what,
1: man. My, my Miami... my spanish ass doesn't doesn't do well there either but they jay and his crew they put on such a good event they try so hard man they put so much effort into it that it's uh, hard not to want to go there like well well i'll go to the one in november that looks a lot warmer
4: Uh, yeah
1: the fall pool yeah it, it was it was pretty good last year
3: okay yeah no I, I don't think i have anything in november so
1: dude but i tell you the feel is no bigger than a, than
4: a mcdonald's parking lot so, no, perfect. Yeah, th- it, those are oh. fun. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have fun. You would definitely have fun. They
1: love Nitro there too, man. That's like, it's one of my favorite reasons to go, just to see all the people flying
3: Nitros. Awesome. Well, yeah, that's the kind of the fun stuff that those events are great. You get to goof off yeah. and, and it's a challenge. Sounds like it's small, so a little challenging. Dude, and there's this awesome Mexican restaurant that I got to take you to. You got to love it.
1: <laughs> oh no! Oh boy! Uh, uh. Yeah, Nick, does, Nick doesn't get out. It doesn't get away with the. What's that restaurant they always tell me? The.
3: What's the one where they take the girl to the? fake I girl? was just gonna
2: say, is that the one with Eric Shoes'
3: girlfriend? Yeah, is that is no. that that one? No, no, that's in Virginia. That's in
1: Virginia. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, the Olive Garden is definitely definitely every time that I take Nick out to dinner is not to the Olive Garden. I think that's Nick's favorite restaurant. I've never taken to it. <laughs>
3: Really? No, i yeah. I'm actually Buffalo Wild Wings. Okay, that's good. I like Buffalo Wild Wings. That is, that's kind of my, I like Olive Garden. I like the salad at the end of the day, it kind of rehydrates you after staying out in the sun all day. Yeah. But the Buffalo Wild, that's the U.S. Embassy. I, I try to find one of those. Just
5: <laughs>
2: <about>. <laughs> I've never heard of that. I don't think there's one up here in Canada.
4: You guys, uh, you guys know how to be dubs I don't think I've ever heard of it.
3: Oh well, you got it. There, I know there's one in Seattle because I hit that one a couple times when I'm there for the Fun Fly. So, is there, there one good. in Muncie? Is there one in Muncie? Yeah, but it's not real good. You got to go to the one in um, Anderson, Indianapolis. No, no, no. You don't got to go to a- Indianapolis. You got to go to Anderson. It's about okay, twenty minutes south of the one in Muncie. The one in Muncie, the facility's nice and stuff like that, but uh, I don't. The chef, he ain't following the rules. I mean, there's everywhere you go, it's usually very consistent. The Muncie
4: one's not always consistent. All right. So, Queens, if you
1: come
3: to Muncie, we will, we, one night we'll go get uh, beat ups. That's not okay. good. I, I, ho- I, I hope we can go to the Anderson one instead. We'll take him there.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll take him there. We'll go there. Of course.
3: Yeah. We got to make sure you're not getting the. Lower rate service. <laughs> I no. I will warn you. I actually, I'm a
2: magnet for poor service for one. Um, oh. <laughs> yes, I'm, <laughs> no. I, I've got a good friend of mine, him and I, when we go out, he says, you know, he says, every time I go for, to a restaurant with you, Darren, he says, I, it's always terrible service. I'm like, yeah, it's just me. But the other thing is too, is I'm also a picky eater and I don't like spicy food.
4: So. No. But we otherwise, just, I might You try. just broke my
1: heart. We sorry. Just broke my heart
4: bro. sorry. This is, I, this is unacceptable. <laughs>
2: I'm an unreasonably picky eater. So, sorry. Do you like,
3: do you like chicken nuggets?
2: I don't mind chicken nuggets. I, okay. I can eat those. Yeah. You'll be fine at Buffalo Wild Wings. Okay, good. <laughs> I, don't, I actually like chicken. It's just not too spicy, that's all. And, and wings and all that kind of thing, I like them. It's just not too spicy. Oh,
4: yeah.
0: They're no problem. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. Okay, all righty. Okay, so after all that uh, chicken talk, we are ready to um, to sign out for today. So uh, again, thanks, uh, Nick, for joining us today. And I would like to end off like we usually do. And we sometimes forget, actually, a lot of times we forget to allow our listeners to get in touch with us. So let's start from the top as I see them here. So Darren, if someone wants to get in touch with you, how would they do that?
2: Well, you can try Facebook, although I'm kind of like you, Nick. I don't actually have Facebook Messenger on my phone. Mm -hmm. I only get it when I'm, you know, actually logged into Facebook on the computer. And so I've literally had listeners message me and not respond for months because I didn't see the message. So you could try it, but I will warn you, it might be months before you see it or before I see it. So your best bet really is rchelydarren at gmail.com.
0: Okay. Uh, Frank, uh, if someone wants to get in touch with you, how would they do that? The best way to do it is hit me up on Facebook or reach to me out through
1: the RC Hilly Hangout.
0: Okay. And, uh, Nick, if, if anyone has any follow-up questions with you, uh, how could they get in touch with you? Of course,
3: always at a fun fly. I think the best way to communicate and Get to know people's go to flies and stuff. But, uh, like Darren said, I don't do Facebook. Uh, I apologize if you've sent me something on Facebook, but my email is nickmaxwellproducts at gmail.com.
0: All right. Okay. And, uh, to finish things off, um, I'm uh, available at totiescoil at gmail.com. Uh, I also try to answer, uh, our Podbean feed. Uh, any questions there, try to answer them as well. The, uh, my YouTube channel, uh, you can hit it with a tiny URL slash Toddies Coil. Also Instagram, todiscoil, Coil. And of course, Heli Freak, uh, Coil, um, also PM. So there's several ways to reach out. And, uh, we do have an email, but, uh, I don't think that we have checked that. So I think that for next month, we'll try our best to revive that, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. skits Up email and provide it so that you guys can also get in touch with us i gotta remember the password <laughs> yeah all right so i guess that was it for today so thank you very much it was a very good conversation um and i guess that we will uh listen to you next time see ya
1: see ya. Hey, you guys see you thank you
2: Bloopers and outtakes. Bloopers and outtakes.
4: And there was much rejoicing.
1: Yeah, that's. You gotta tag. Yeah. If you really want me to read something, tag me. And if well, you really want you a know, response back, if you want a response, you, insult me a little bit, and I'll be glad to. Then I'll come back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll have to insult you because you come you come in. You'll post a couple pictures, and I'll ask you a question, and I never hear ask a question about the picture, and you never respond.
1: Yeah, that sounds like me.
2: Yeah. It's a little annoying,
1: to be honest. (laughs) If we were all on Facebook, it wouldn't be an issue. So you can blame Javier for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what I think we... You you know, when I get Darren laughing, you know that's always a good time.
2: (laughs) No, I think Javier should take over our Skids Up Facebook
0: uh, page. Profile page? Yeah, I'll give him access to it. My computer will explode.
1: Yeah, I almost killed Mitch, and I almost killed Ting. But (laughs) everyone's alive and no one's hurt.
2: As the saying goes, did you die?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Shit happened. How how, how many times have you had a flight where you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? (laughs)
3: a lot, including the day yesterday, the day before. <laughs> <laughs>